You can be seated. It was a week before, somewhere between 30 and 36 AD, with that being Latin for Anno Domini, meaning in English, in the year of the Lord. This was the week that the man who called himself Jesus would be crucified. He had breathed and walked upon this earth for 33 and a half years. He had done no wrong. He had said no wrong. He walked upon the earth teaching and loving, and he taught of life, mercy, grace. He performed miracle upon miracle upon miracle. This man healed blinded eyes. This man healed people from all sorts of diseases and addictions. He healed people of deformed limbs. He brought people back from the dead. This man made hearts whole, made hearts new. This man brought life. Yet this was the week that this man was set aside for this man to die. He would be ridiculed. He would be spat on and accused of wrongdoings again and again. He would be hated and beaten without mercy and without remorse. He would be battered and bruised and bloodied. The Roman soldiers would break his body and place a crown of thorns upon this man's head who did nothing but preach and teach love. All while the world around him would be watching. There would be groups of people, some would watch and they would taunt and laugh about this man who would be beaten and who called himself God. Some may have made bets to see just how long would this man last while being beaten. Others might kick dirt on him. And call him names as he was tortured. Who would dare call themselves God? Who dare suggest that we as people need a savior? Or that we need to make changes in our lives? Who would dare suggest that he is God? And he could wash away the sins and he could bring hope to many. I'm sure many simply thought that this man Jesus. He really deserved everything he got. He deserved every stripe, every punch, every harsh word against him. Some would watch with confusion as to why this man called Jesus was being treated so harshly after all. He really hadn't been proven guilty of anything. They may have even felt some twinges of guilt about this man being treated so harshly and so horribly. But really in the end, they would just go about their day minding their own business, not worrying about this man that really didn't mean much to them. Then there were his loved ones, his loved ones, his mother, his brother, his family, his disciples. Many who received their own personal miracles and deliverance from this man, Jesus, they would watch. And it was impossible to understand or comprehend for them just why was this happening to Jesus of all people. Other prisoners, yeah, they they definitely deserved. They could understand even why these things would happen to them, but not to Jesus. Even so, while watching the beating and the torture, there was a small piece of I bet in all of them, in all their minds that would have hope and faith that Jesus, he would pull out of this horrible circumstance. He really wasn't going to die. He really wasn't going to be crucified this day. He had angels that would come and rescue him. He was Jesus who would not die. Surely he would not lose his life today and surely not this way. Surely he had a plan to survive this in an amazing fashion, to display his love and power to the world for who he really was. But as Jesus dragged the cross up the hill that he would die on, those thoughts would flood into their minds. And now this man, his feet would still drag. This man, he has fallen, and this man would continue to fall again and again. Someone would stop and help him carry that cross up to that hill. And he's going to make it. He's not going to die. 
But then the cross is now in place and Jesus is now set upon that cross. This must be the moment where he calls down the angels. I'm sure those thoughts pass through their head. As one nail is hammered through and then another and then two more nails were hammered through. How is this possible? A spear would be shoved into his side and he agonizes his way to his last breath. The brutal and humiliating tortured death of Jesus. It was complete. You see, though, the difference is in this time and day, we know something that the Romans did not know. All the people that would watch this horror, they didn't understand what was really happening. We know today that we know something little about what actually happened. What looked like death actually created life. And what looked like defeat was really a mighty victory. There are times in life where you need to remind yourself and I need to remind myself what really happened on that day. What did he really conquer and do on that day? And what it actually does for my life today. See, the enemy, they thought death. The enemy thought they had won. But in that very moment when Jesus breathed his last breath, it is finished. Sin was automatically and immediately destroyed in his body. Sin no longer had the final say. Mistakes, they no longer had the final say. Turmoil, trauma, trials would be temporary. The enemy would scream, crucify him. And the blood of Jesus would tell a different story. Death meant life as if to say, peace now. That fast and that quickly, peace now. Because seasons, we're going to have them. And seasons last until he says different. Trials of life, we're going to have those. But they're going to last until he says different. Because he has a purpose in each one. Because we just need to hold on a little while longer. Because he is the God of peace. He is the one in control. And we just ought to and need to and have to trust him a little longer. Because he's going to come through. Mark chapter 4 and verses 35 through 41. We know, most of us know this story pretty well, but it's a wonderful story if you don't know it. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care about me, God? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceased immediately. And there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea, they obey this man? Jesus simply said, Peace, now. The disciples, they they saw the storm, but Jesus saw the process. The disciples, they saw chaos and they didn't see victory. They saw death, but Jesus saw the building of trust and the building of faith that Jesus was working a process in them. In Luke chapter 4, we're reminded of a story where Satan comes to trouble Jesus, being filled with the Holy Ghost, and he was led into the wilderness fasting. Satan tried to tempt Jesus. Well, why don't you just turn this stone into bread? You must be famished. You, you got to eat. I'll give you everything you see if you would just take some time and and worship me. Toss yourself off the mountain. I know you can do it. You can call the angels down from above. They They can catch you. They can sing your praises. But we know that Jesus simply reminded him and responded with the word of God and Satan fled. So Jesus was bound and is bound and ruled by his own very word because he submitted to his word and full of his spirit. 
The devil had no choice but to flee. The devil had no choice but to part from him. He could not stay in that place. Those who are looking for strength, those who are looking for hope, at times they may be seeing a never-ending battle with Satan. But Jesus wants to, and there always is going to be an answer for every need, every circumstance, every trial. There's always going to be an answer for it in His Word. Some may be discouraged by getting tempted every time they try to do right. But again, the answer is in Him. But Jesus reminds us that if we're filled with His Spirit, as Jesus was in Luke 4, we can walk with authority, we can walk with righteousness, we can walk with love, and we can take Him by His Word. Life is hard. Work is hard. Marriage, it's hard. Paying bills and on time is hard. Really, everything at life and everything we see and and go through at times, it's it's just going to be hard. But we're living in this world full of sin. We're living and facing temptation, addiction, and brokenness. And we see it, and it's hard. Getting sick and dealing with diseases, that's hard too. Dealing with difficult people, that's hard too. Watching people you love get hurt, that's hard too. And it's not always even easy or even simple. And there's going to be difficult times, but even with all these things being considered, and we see these things and feel these difficulties and hardships, the enemy is just going to compound that pressure on top. He's not going to care that you're suffering and have a hard time. He's going to remind you, and he's going to push you harder. The enemy's not going to be satisfied unless you are suffering. The enemy is not satisfied unless you're choking on the lies and the sins that he sends your way. The enemy is going to lie and say that you're not worthy to have peace. The enemy is going to lie and say that you do not have access to peace. The enemy is going to lie and say your past and your current relationships, your circumstances and your decisions, those disqualify you from peace. The enemy is going to lie and tell you that it's not worth it to pray when you are weak or feel unworthy. It's not worth it to pray when you fail or sinned. The enemy will lie and tell you that it's not worth it to pray and praise God when you have made mistake after mistake and fallen again and again. But yet in a moment's time, Jesus simply says, peace. We can speak the name of Jesus and call out to him, and he can can answer that need immediately. In a moment's time, we can decide, I'm going to really relinquish control of this circumstance. I'm really going to release it. I'm going to tell him, Lord, I give this to you because I cannot handle it. I've tried so hard for so long to take care of it on my own and fix these issues by myself. I've tried so hard to make it right and fix it. But it doesn't work for me because I'm not made that way. Because I don't have that power. And something always just goes wrong. And we just can't get it right. We've got to give it to God and we've got to trust Him. I've got to learn to rely on Him because the moment I really do that, not just thinking, not just talking about it, but from my heart and my mouth, and I give it to God. There's peace now, and there's liberty now. There's hope now. There's forgiveness now. The moment that we declare and say, I need you, God, He responds to our very need in that moment. Why don't we take a moment to do that? Just call on Him. Jesus, we praise You. We thank You, Lord God, for Your presence. We thank You, God, for Your goodness, Lord God. And we speak peace in this place. Lord God, we speak hope and courage in this place, Lord God. We speak faith in this place, Lord God, that You will do what You can only do, God. We praise You. We worship You, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, You are worthy. You are worthy.
It, it does not matter what you or I have done. It does not matter how far you or I have fallen or even how often we still fall. As long as we keep going back to him, as long as we keep getting up and pursuing God, his word, his ways, his love, no matter how much I fall now, if I go back to God, he's got it. As long as I keep giving him control and trust him, he's got it because I don't. You got to take a moment, really think periodically, we all really do, and stop and think, okay, do, do I really have peace? Do I have peace in every area of my life? Do I have peace in my mind? Do I have peace over every circumstance that I know of or I'm a part of? Do I have peace financially? Do I have peace with my heart and forgiveness? Do I have peace with every relationship? Is there any place in my life where there just simply isn't peace? How long have I or you struggled or battled or fought to have peace in that very area that is in the back of your mind? How many different things have you tried to get peace in that area? How many people have you talked to? How many nights have you stayed up thinking about that place where I really need peace? How many prayers have you or I prayed about that? Where do you need peace? And I want to encourage someone today because life without peace or, and life with difficult circumstances without peace, they're just totally impossible to deal with. They're totally impossible to deal with without the help of the Lord. They drive us crazy. They make us fearful. They make us anxious. They make us angry. They make us uncomfortable. They make us be difficult with people. They drive us crazy, and they really make life miserable to deal with when we don't give it to God because we become the people that we are without Him. In Romans chapter 14, verses 17 through 19, it says, For the kingdom of God, it's not meat, it's not drink, but it's righteousness, it's peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that and these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify or benefit or increase or help one another. Whatever is ruled under the kingdom of God and its principles, it lives and possesses righteousness, peace, and joy. Anything or any situation, any circumstance, any relationship, anything that's not ruled by the Lord does not have those things. You can pray as much as you want. You can give as much as you want. You can worship and praise God as much as you want. But until I decide and allow God to rule it, to rule it, there's no peace. There's not complete peace. Even if we feel the joy of the Lord, even if we feel anointing, even if we feel the love and goodness of God and the power of God in His service, I can go home that same day and not have peace because I didn't give Him that allowance of my heart and my soul. Truth be told, we can never have enough peace. We're going to go through situations, and it's not going to be peaceful in that moment. Truth be told, we're always going to have more things that we can submit and give to God. I can always give a little bit more of my heart. I can always give a little bit more of my thought life. I can always give a little bit more of my life to God. There's always a peace that I can give to God because we're flesh, we're human, and we'll always be that until we die. And if we don't give it over to God, it makes it very, very difficult. You don't trust someone completely unless you change what you do or think sometimes. When you really trust God, he's going to ask you to do things that you're not used to, that don't make sense, that are very weird, that make you anxious and nervous. He's going to ask you to adjust some parts of you that you don't even want to think about, you don't want to look at, that you may not want to adjust, but do we trust him? 
Do we trust them? When you give someone your car keys, hey, can you go up to the gas station for me? You give them the right to that steering wheel. You completely trust them. If we keep our minds and our hearts, if we continually give them over to God completely, submitted and ruled by his word, and we intentionally let him rule over us, we have a promise of peace. We have a promise from God that's not going to return void, that whatever we face in life, we're going to have peace. We're going to have joy. We're going to have love. Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God that passeth all understanding, that is what's going to keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That keeps your hearts because that's when you've given yourself to God. And that peace reigns because it's given to God. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God again rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, unified to be thankful. Psalms 119 and 165, Great peace have which they love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Psalms 34.14, it says, Depart from evil, do good. Again, seek peace, pursue it. It is not something that will just fall from heaven. It is something that we have to run after. We have to pursue and we have to push for it. Romans 15, 13, now the God of all hope, it fills you with all joy and peace in believing that you might abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. We must pursue peace. We must pursue peace. Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Those that make peace, those that pursue peace, those that make peace and bring peace wherever they go. They walk with God. They walk with the kingdom of God in them, around them. And people feel it. People know it. People see it. And people can gravitate toward and know a Savior that they don't know today. If we trust him, there's peace for us today. There's peace for us this moment in anything that we would ever face. There's hope for us today. And you don't have to go home. I don't have to go home and figure out all these different things and get all the details figured out and decided because God's the one that handles that. God's the one that I trust. God's the one that's going to take care of it and do what he wants to do with it because he's God and I'm not. And before I walk out those doors, before I go to any different place, I don't even have to move a muscle. I can have peace now where I'm sitting or standing. I can have peace now as I speak, Jesus, give me peace. Because God wants to give you peace. God wants to give you hope. God wants to give you everything that you'd ever need. Because who else but Jesus can give you peace? Who else but God can give you hope? Who else but Jehovah Jireh can provide for you? Who else but Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals, can heal you? I've come today just to remind us that no one else can do that. No one else but God, El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, can do that. Jeremiah 32 and 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything that is too hard for me? No. The answer is no. There's nothing that's too hard for God. There's nothing that he can't intervene in or change or break or shatter or lift up. There's nothing that he cannot do because he is God. And he has created all circumstances. He's allowed all circumstances so he can get glory from it. So he can do something great and powerful and mighty in it. I'm so thankful that I know the Prince of Peace. I'm so thankful that I know a God I can call to. And whatever the need is, no matter how significant, no matter how small or whatever it may be, Jesus steps in, he says, peace. Jesus steps in, he says, I got this. You can just back up now. 
You can take your hands off of those issues. You can take your heart and you can back up your heart a little bit from those issues. Because we trust God. And if we trust God, we trust him how we feel about things. We change how we feel when we trust God. Our heart changes when we trust God. The things that we would love before God, it changes. We, we love differently. We choose different things to participate in. So why wouldn't our heart change when we choose, God, I'm going to give you everything of this situation. I'm going to give you everything of control in my life. And all, this, all the while, immediately, our heart changes into peace. Our heart changes into hope and joy because that's just the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. So I'm so thankful that we have that type of Jesus who died for me, who died for you. I am so thankful for that. And that's the God that's here today. That's the God that's going to move in a mighty way today. That's, going to, that's the God who's going to heal someone today, deliver someone today, because he's just that good. He's just that good. So I ask a simple question again, just what area of your life might you need peace in? What area of your life might you need to look at God and say, you know what, I'm going to take my eyes off this thing for a little while because it stresses me out. It causes me problems. It causes me distraction during the day. It's, it's causing a little tension between my siblings or my brother, my coworkers or whatever. It's causing tension in what I do during the day. So I'm going to take my hands off it and I'm going to say, Jesus, that's your thing and I trust you. What area in your life, what area in your mind, what area in your heart, what area in relationships, what area in your past, what area in your future? It's not just the momentary peace that we need. It's the peace for all things that have ever happened, all things that have ever occurred, all things that we've experienced, and all the things we're running towards and walking towards. All the things that are come to come up in our life, we've got to continually, every day, pursue that peace. Because if we're not pursuing it every day, we're going to have things come up. It's going to happen. And we'll be caught exposed. And we won't have peace in that moment. And in that moment, something might have been able to happen if we carried that peace in that day. We might have been able to minister to somebody more effectively in that day. If we carried peace every day and didn't wait for the calamity to start to get peace. I've got to walk every day, every step, every thought I have, I've got to have peace in it. I've got to have peace in it because I have, if I have peace in it, I know God's leading me. And if God's leading me, I'm okay. If God's leading me, I'm not going to continually fall and break and mess up because God is in control and I've allowed him to rule over me. I've allowed him to change how I think and how I react to things. And then it, everything's going to be fine. Then when that situation comes up, we don't have to worry because God has control. There was a couple weeks ago, we were in Kansas City, and uh, we were being driven around by a friend on a Friday night. Some of you heard this. Most have not. And traffic was really funky. It was really weird. And we were on the highway, and uh, basically a big old pickup truck came up behind us about 50, 60 miles an hour. And it slammed into the back of our car, destroyed the car completely. Not ours, but someone who was driving. And, of course, you know, most of you guys know that, you know, my wife is very pregnant. So in that moment, we're like, okay, that's a big deal. Someone re-rents the car. Kind of a big deal. Uh, but I tell you what, the moment that it happened, we felt complete peace. We felt protection from God. We felt the Holy Ghost. So we called the doctor after a little bit just to do our due diligence and say, let's, let's make sure that everything's fine. Called the doctor. 
the doctor recommended, why don't you go to the hospital just in case. We, we go to the hospital. We sit there for four hours. It's a long time to be in a hospital. Hospitals are not enjoyable. And uh, sit on this uncomfortable couch and uncomfortable place, and it's too hot in the room. It's kind of awful. But uh, they monitor the baby. The baby is completely fine. No issues, no injuries, no problems. It's perfect, right? Well, we get out of the hospital about midnight, and about an hour later, Jayla starts feeling some uh, pretty severe pain. Uh, her back starts messing up. Her neck starts messing up. She starts not being able to walk for the next about 10 hours. Uh, she starts having shivers and chills and going back and forth from fevers uh, for the next 10 hours. And as you know, anybody with a spouse, you're kind of like, oh, that really hurts. I don't want to see my spouse in pain like that. And she can't walk, so I'm helping her around through the house, making sure that she can get to where she needs to go. I was prepping for something the next day about 1 o'clock p.m., and uh, we felt peace about everything, but at the same time, you look in the natural, you're like, okay, is everything going to be okay? Well, I, I felt peace, and I felt the Holy Ghost. And uh, God told me, he says, go in there and have your wife rise up from the bed and just, just praise, just pray. I went over there, I pulled the covers off, 1 o'clock p.m., she's still sleeping, and she's shivering, and she has chills, and she does not look good at all. And I tell her, hey, you know, I'm, this is what I feel God told me. And she's like... I don't want to. <laughs> I don't feel good. It, it hurts. This hurts. It's like, I know. I know. I'm sorry. But this is what I feel from the Holy Ghost. So we get up, we pray, and we praise. And within a matter of about 30 seconds, every single pain in her back is gone. Every single pain in her neck is completely gone. She can all of a sudden move and have mobility and stretch. And she is completely healed. No issues, no problems, and no pain or fevers or chills since. And we've known really the whole time of this pregnancy that there's going to be attacks against us and against the baby, God's told us. But throughout the whole process, there's been peace because God continues to remind us, God, you are good and I am not in control. And every time we check up on the baby, every time we check up on different things, when there's complications, every time everything's perfectly fine. Everything is perfectly fine and we believe fully it's because, God, you're in control. And it's yours to do what you want to do with. 100%. doesn't matter what I want. It doesn't matter even what I pray for at times. Because you're sovereign. I'm not. But there was peace. There was peace. If we could all stand. I'm really looking forward to today. It's always a wonderful time. Celebrating Easter. Celebrating the resurrection of God. And uh, I want to end a little early so we can just... Really just be prepared for all these wonderful people that are going to be here today. All these wonderful people that uh, have come to hear about Jesus. And we get to welcome them with love. We get to welcome them with kindness. I'm so excited for that. We can make a place full of worship and full of praise. And they can walk into this and immediately feel the presence of God. They can immediately feel something different. They can immediately feel the love of God shower and overwhelm and overflow them. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. Let's, let's pray for a few moments. Thank you, Jesus. God, for all.